today's guest on the show is my man, Jacob Witzling. Jacob, what is up, bro? What's up? How you doing, Prince? <laughs> Dude, I'm good, man. I'm really stoked to have you on the show. Why don't you share a little bit more about yourself with the community? Well, I'm a 34-year-old second grade teacher in Boston, and uh, I'm also a cabin builder. And uh, I built some cabins in the Pacific Northwest and in, uh, on the East Coast now, too. So kind of live a dual life. Dude, I feel like a cabin builder is such an understatement. Is there a word for a, a builder that's an, like, an artist? A cabin builder that's an artist. Do we need to create one? Do we need to create a term because like? Well, I think a cabineer, cab- but <laughs> a cab, a, ca- a cabineer, cabinist, cabineer. I don't know. It's one who builds cabins. I mean, I appreciate you calling me an artist. You know, to be completely honest, it's still hard to hear. I I, I grew up thinking that artists were the coolest. You know, and and just like uh, my mom's an art history professor. She was for like thirty years and. My younger brother is an artist, and I just grew up revering artists. And so to hear you say that I'm, you know, to kind of put me in the category or entitle me as such is sometimes it's hard for me to even hear that because, like, I don't think of myself as the coolest. But uh, yeah, I don't know what a, car, a cabin builder, one who builds cabins, I think is a cabineer. <laughs> like a mountaineer, one who hikes mountains. A, you're definitely cool enough. Obviously, you're extremely you're extremely humble, man, and that's 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 beautiful. And uh, you are an artist, bro. And like anyone, you don't have to say it, bro, because it's all in your work. You know what I mean? And so it's it's that simple. You take a look at anything you've ever built, and you're like, that's not a cabin builder. That dude is an artist. Oh man, thank so you mad, so much. Mad respect, mad respect, and and props for that. So, dude, why why <laughs> and how did you get into building these cabins? Well. You know, I I always built forts <laughs> in the in the sofa <laughs> with the pillows and the blankets, and uh, I don't know. I, I like many kids. I just always loved these little nooks and little spaces and making little spaces, and that was ever since I was, you know, I can't remember when. And um, then my my pops had this kind of coffee table book. Uh, it was it's called uh, Handmade Houses. A Guide to Wood Butcher's Art. It was made in the 70s uh, art, by Art Shapiro. And he, uh, he had this book around the house of, of these little like hobbit huts and uh, handmade. This whole movement in the 70s in upstate New York and Northern California, mostly, of, of basically the sorts of things that I now make, little cabins, different and, you know, kind of sculpturesque. And... Uh, he, I just loved that book. I used to pour over the pages and, you know, I'd like sit there in my little fort and be like, oh man, you know, like these are the coolest. Like, I just wonder what goes on in every little corner of these places. You know, then after that, my pops, like around that time, eight, nine years old, my dad taught me how to start holding tools and using tools. And like, we built a chair together for a school project, which is basically him building that chair for me. But like, what? showing me everything and like half holding the saw while I cut it and half holding the drill while I, while I, you know, fastened the pieces together. And, but I loved it. You know, I liked, I liked being with my dad and I liked, uh, the smell of, of the wood. And I liked the noise of the tools and like the kind of exhilaration that you get from like, the uh the power and power tools you know <laughs> and so i dug that as a as a nine-year-old and then uh he after my parents split and my dad moved out and he started renovating houses and um well he bought a house and he started renovating it and so he taught me the process when i was in high school of everything from frame to finish like what walls look like on the inside and how to do plumbing and electrical and and all that sort of stuff and um so that gave me a lot of skills just like basic skills with my hands and using the tools and like what building was like then i i moved out to washington state from new hampshire and uh i was living in Olympia, Washington, and there's uh, a very popular school with the the lefties out there called uh, Evergreen. And so I was attending that school, and 
I ended up dating this girl out there who invited me back to her place one one night and she took me back to this like enchanted forest area <laughs> and I was like wow what is this and and she showed me she kind of you know I see this headlight bopping through the woods and I was like what the fuck is that and and it's her coming through the woods to get me and take me out to the to her cabin which happened to be a cabin exactly like one of the ones in the book that I had when I was a kid growing up that I always dreamed of being in. So I, I fell in love with this cabin and uh, I stayed out there and I, I found out who the owner was and got introduced. And it turns out there were a few more cabins on the property. And so over the course of a few years, I lived in all the, the different cabins on the property. All those cabins are semi, you know, Instagram famous and they're they're definitely all on my page way back, but they're like pretty magical cabins and the property is just amazing. After living in them for like a few years, I realized, you know, these things are not perfect. There's gaps here and there and things are not like symmetrical. And I think that I had always thought that I had never really considered building one myself, really, because unconsciously that it had to be perfect. Because in my mind, they were per these perfect little things. And then, but I was living them, and I was like, "Wait, these aren't perfect." You know, there's like there's imperfections everywhere. And when I realized that, I was like, "Well, you know, maybe I could do it." And uh, I guess I, I figured that if I waited until I was perfect at it, I would never ever try it. So. I had to just try it. Then the hardest part was finding someone who had land to be able to like allow me to build on it. And I just so happened that a friend had just bought some property down the street. And so I told her, I was like, listen, I'll pay for the, all the materials. I'll do all the labor. Just let, and you can have the cabin after I live in it for a little bit. Just let me, can you let me try to build a cabin? And she was like, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> whatever, you know. She figured that even if it was like a, a rundown chicken coop, whatever, she was getting it free, why not? And that was my first cabin out there. And it's true, you know, learning on that thing, it was a shaky, it wasn't, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing at first. And, it, and it, it was first, it was underbuilt. And now I would say it's overbuilt to try to compensate because I had to compensate for how I didn't really know what I was doing at first. But I almost kind of built it twice. But I learned a lot, you know, I learned a lot, of, a lot of lessons in that first cabin build. And so that's the, that's the, the, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> Dude, that's inspiring. I mean, the fact that you built like your first cabin for free for someone else, you paid, you actually paid to build your first cabin for someone else, basically, right? Dude, I paid to build all, <laughs> I've, I've paid almost not this last one. I didn't pay the whole thing, but yeah. I paid uh I paid for the entirety of the first cabin for sure. Yeah. And and dude that's dude to me that's just super inspiring because I I think the average person like I hear so many excuses on why people can't do things and I feel like the average person would be like, "Oh, I can't build a cabin because I don't own any land." When you're like screw it. If I don't own any land, I'm going to go find someone that does and I'm just going to tell yeah. them, "Hey, will you let me build a cabin here? It'll be yours, but I get to stay in it for a while. And yeah, we had a deal. We had like a limited time, you know, that I, I was like, I had access to the cabin for three years. And it was, you know, to me, it's never been about keeping it. It's been about like making this, I guess it is like sculpture, you know, sculpture that you live in, like a livable art, you know, like that to me, it's about this piece that I have this, this, I close my eyes, I see this shape of what a cabin would look like. And, you know, and I think that I have to get that made. And if that means that I give away a whole bunch of, at least at when I was 19, if that, or 22, if it, that meant that if I had to give away a whole bunch of sweat equity and, and pay for all the materials, it was worth it to, to build it. And, um, the next cabin that I built also, you know, he paid for the initial amount, but I completely underbid it just because I wanted the guy to, I went back to that same property where the other cabins that I had first stayed at were, and I built that orange one 
that did you that I, I directed you to, you know, I was like, this is how you walk to get to that one. I, yep. I went after the first cabin, I went back and I built and I talked to that property owner, the dude who owned the other cabins. I was like, man, let me build a cabin. And he was like, he was like, okay, fine. I was like, pay me, you know, give me some money for it this time. Cause it's going to be sweet. And, and I know what I'm doing now, you know, <laughs> or whatever. One lesson I learned was like, it's definitely helps to be able to drive up to the job site. The first cabin I had to like cross a Creek and go through the woods and like cross this other, like sort of tributary to the creek it was really difficult and challenging and every piece was like on my shoulder cinder blocks two at a time like slugging them through the woods and so one thing i learned was like you know what roads are good and if you can use a road your life is going to be a whole lot easier so on the second one i was like dude let me build here as long as i can drive up to the spot i'll do you know you just pay for materials and i'll donate all the labor and he was like, okay, how much do you need for materials? And I was like, I, you know, I was like $2,500. Well, it ended up costing like 7000 or something like that. <laughs> and 5000 and then, or something. I, it was just a lot more. I, I, ended, I just broke the bank and spent a whole bunch, at least as much as he did on the project. And, but it didn't, but you know, like it, it, it was worth it because I had, when it came down to it, like, am I going to put in, Am I going to have the ceilings be uh, six feet tall because that's in the budget? Or am I going to have them be 19 feet tall because uh, that's what I want to do and that's what's in my brain right now? It was like, well, the, the, you know, if you want to do what's in your brain, you got to pay for it. And I was like, fine, fuck it. I'll do it. So I did. And, and the same deal with this one, you know, this cabin, this, the one that I built for the whiskey company, you know, they, they funded this whiskey company funded the build of the octagonal cabin, uh, that you stayed in. And, you know, the, the deal was basically that I get a certain amount of money for the project. Basically, whatever I didn't spend on materials, I got to keep, but I ended up spending like the whole thing plus $3,000 on materials. And there's still so much more to go because I just had to do it a certain way. You know, I could have built like a home Depot style shed, you know, one of the ones that's in the Home Depot parking lot that you can get, you get $3,500, you can get like basically a tiny little house. And uh, it, it's a tool shed, but, you know, to me, it's not, it's not creative, but, you know, it's a cool little house. I wouldn't mind hanging out in there. And, uh, but, you know, I didn't want to make that. I wanted to make something, I try to make something that I um, haven't seen before, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that that just goes back to what I said about, you know, you're an artist, you're not just you're not just the square cabin builder guy. <laughs> oh man. Which is which is really cool, man. And with Thanks, that said, dude. you know, I had, you know, for all you guys at home, I had the opportunity to stay uh at one of Jacob's cabins in Washington. Uh the octagon one actually that he was just talking about. And it was unreal. And so <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm, you know, a lot of the audience, a common question I get from the little cabins is, you know, like people are always like, you know, how much do they cost? How much do they cost? Yeah. So what's, what's a rough estimate on, uh, just that specific cabin that I posted on my Instagram account, the one mm-hmm. I stayed at, uh, mm-hmm. what's a rough estimate on like the total cost, including everything on something like that? Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's the tough thing is that like, I guess if I was going to say materials, you know, you have to break it up into into materials, time, labor, and materials. So for like for me, Just give us one number with them together. We can't be giving away too much of your sauce, bro. Oh yeah, I know that's the thing. As I always undercharge, but that's what I'm trying to tell you is that like I have a problem, man. <laughs> I'm trying to get your rate up, bro. I'm trying I know, to get I your. Say, rate I know you're right. This, you're right. Was, no, no uh, lie. This is a steal. This is a steal. What you're creating for is. Pissed. She would be so mad at me for not saying, for not like shooting the shooting for the moon right now. But well, bro, you know, hey, the I, price it, here's the deal: the price is going to go up. So anyone in the near future that can can get their hands on a cabin now, now is the time to get a deal. Because I promise you, and, and dude, I'm going to say this now: I think it, three years from now, you are going to be like, I think three years from now, like, dude, your life's going to be totally different. Like, I think these cabins are going to be. I think it's going to be a huge thing. I think the price is going to be night and day. You're going to look back and laugh at the fact that you know I was people used buying, to be able to spending that. my own money on them. Exactly, but 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 it's only because 
you've put in so much work and, and effort now to make this, you know, a reality. Dude, I, I don't know. It's going to pay off 20x down the road, and I'm definitely uh, going to help you. Personally, I'm going to help you get there. I'm not going to – just because, dude, I love you and I love what you do. And, I appreciate uh, that, man. I just think it's really, really beautiful. Yeah, dude, and you get agree. it, though. I That's it. I think you though. get the whole – when you stayed there – you got it, you know, and not, I don't even just mean by the by the write up that you did afterwards, you know, like we spoke while you were there and I could see it on your face, you know, like you really got that you were like, dang, it's magic. That whole not the cabin, but the whole the vibe the out on those that property is ridiculous, dude. It's just like that. That is that place is amazing. So it's so, so alive. my cabin could have been anything. Literally, I could have taken one of those Home Depot sheds and put it out there and covered it in moss, and people would be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh, I'm doing that next time." <laughs> no, no, no. But still, you know what? That actually is a kind of cool project idea that I had. Is like, what about a cool way? See, part of my deal is that like when I, my, with not being a perfectionist is that, you know, I think other people should build stuff too. And, and I, I dig it when people send me messages, pics of like little projects that they're working on and, and just like being, you know, that's, that's one of the most flattering things that I've ever heard is like, Hey, I built this thing because I've, I heard you say that like, you know, just go for it or whatever. And I think that the truth is, it doesn't have to be perfect. And if you stick with it, your second one's going to be better than your first one for sure. You know, and if you stick with it, your third one's going to be better than your second one for sure. You know, that's just the way these sorts of things work. These are like the trades are awesome like that, you know, and this one in particular, you know, I, I just dig it. So, but oh, one thing I was going to say was, you know, to kind of really, it would be cool to get one of those Home Depot sheds and then just alter it. You know, do you know the ones I'm talking about in the parking lot? Yeah, At, just are you saying to start out like as a base? Just get that, right? And then chop it like you were taking it to the chop shop. And the, and the cabin chop shop, dude, that would be such a fun project. The cabin right? chop shop, you just get this cat, this thing that's a cabin, and then you cut into the roof and put all sorts of crazy at, crazy angles and, and pitches coming out of it, dormers. And, that's what we did with the trailer, bro. We, what bought trailer? A, we bought a nine by we bought a a, a nine or eight by sixteen foot trailer and then we chopped yes. it we we tore it apart and we yes. basically rebuilt it added windows and did a bunch yeah. of different things to it so that's awesome same same concept with that's what I'm Deep talking about buying it and then yes. using that as a foundation and then making it yours right exactly and it's almost like one of those but, things where the drawing is half done and then you just have to finish it you know like that's cool right we totally I think that's a, cool. Dude, we totally got off subject. So the the, oh, the, sorry, question, the, the question we were, we, were, we were trying to get answered, and that was probably my fault because no, I wonder. <laughs> but but the question was, how much does it cost? Oh shit! Just that right. specific. <laughs> I see. I avoided what, it. <laughs> what's the total estimate on how much that would cost right, today? Let me tell you the relevant. Let me tell you the relevant information. Okay, the materials that you see in that cabin. As all as pictured, eight thousand dollars for materials in that cabin. Then you need to find a cart. You yourself either do the work, which is the cheapest, or you find a carpenter to do the work for you. Now, if you pay a carpenter, she's going to charge you twenty five, thirty five, forty five, whatever dollars an hour to do it. That cabin has about for me two hundred hours of work put into it. So you can estimate whatever your your materials are $8,000 plus however, you know, many, you know, how the rate of the carpenter you hire times the 200 approximate approximately 200 hours. Now, I am a little fast and again, I'm a, I'm kind of like I go forward, you know, like for me the gaps and not in the lack of perfection is is partially it's just like I try to drive forward and go forward. So so for me I go quickly and so maybe you wanna project that it would take three hundred hours to build that cabin. So if you're if you have a carpenter who's charging you three hundred or thirty dollars an hour, three hundred hours, what's that? Nine thousand dollars plus eight thousand dollars, seventeen grand for that cabin ish. 
but I'm, I, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking 20. So today you can get a cabin if you wanted it without the land, but just for the cabin, $20,000 will get you in the game. Oh my God. $20,000 will get you beyond the game. The one, the first one I so did 20 was, grand gets you something. I shouldn't say in the game because the one I stayed in was dude, it was stunning. So $20,000 would get you something that is like, you could pay someone to build you. Uh, that thing's pretty unique and, uh, in time consuming in a lot of ways, you know, like it's mm-hmm. again, like if you want someone to build you literally for literally, you could take a home Depot shed or pay someone to build you the exact same thing for $3,500. And those are about the same size. I mean, that cabin you stated is very, is small square footage wise. Like, but you it's can different. Get, the Home Depot would be square. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't have that beautiful octagon shape. It's true. It wouldn't be octagonal. But I'm just saying it depends on who. It depends on how much the person who's building the said so, person who's building the cabin wants it to be an artistic creation or just a place where they can live in the woods. So, you know what so, I mean? okay, so exactly. So, so for, for the person at home, that's like, dude, I just want to get away. I don't care what it looks yes. like. They can legitimately oh. go to home Depot, drop 3,500 bucks and bam. Now for the yeah, person that's, that's like, Hey, said. that's like, Hey, like, I want my little piece of art. I want my little fairy cabin, my little Narnia, just like, yeah, get 20 grand ready. Uh, 20 grand ready. I'll be over there. And hit I'll the be line, right. hit that at Jacob Whistler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Slide, hey, slide in hot to that DM. Oh, for me to actually <laughs> do it. That's what you're trying to say. Oh my gosh. See, I'm such, I'm, I'm so slow at this. Okay, cool. I'm, you're like, all right, cool. Yeah, man, hit me up. <laughs> Jacob Whistling, 20 grand. What's up? No. Took me a while. I'm thick. I'm sorry. No, I'm just no. naive. I'm naive. All right. No, it's true. I mean, like, I'm do, I'm doing a project for my brother right now that is that is twelve hundred dollars. You know, is is what we're into it right now. And again, so, so you know, it's said, not. Hold on. With, with that said, are you using are these new materials, salvage materials, a say, mix of both? Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. For for my brother's cabin that I'm doing currently. It's it's mostly salvage materials, which is one reason so why the cool. cost is so low. So I I had uh, I took down an old cabin that was dilapidated and rotted, and the floor had sunk out, and there were leaks every every you know all over the place. I tore that down. It was built in the twenties and salvaged. You know I I donated two hundred hours of labor to demolishing and removing the whole thing, so I could keep all the wood to put into another project ideally i was going to charge someone for the wood when i put it into the project but it's but it turned out my brother needed a cabin and this opportunity <laughs> i gave it all to i'm like giving half of it to him but dude it's worth it because you know it's amazing to see something have a second life and uh you know there are all these other terms for it now upscaling reusing salvaging but you know, to me, it's almost like, yeah, it's just like giving it a second life. It's like a reincarnation of the material. It's and that's beautiful, man. I, I think it's I think it's really beautiful that rather than you know creating more waste by just buying a bunch of brand new materials and creating all these cabins, I think that and I think it adds more character when you use reclaimed wood and and salvage so. materials and things like that. A, I think it makes it a lot cooler, adds a lot more character, makes the story way more unique when you can say, "Hey, this piece of wood actually came from a trip that you know that I went on to Washington or Oregon, and I just fell in love with it and had to you know bring this back to Maine or whatever it may be." Right, and it right. all becomes part of your 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 cabin, your your piece of art. Every plank and this and that has a story to tell rather than oh yeah tell me about your cabin yeah i went to home depot and i dropped eight grand and right this is what came out and it's like which is still cool don't get me wrong but right uh it's just no, it's, it's a different it's story a, it's like clothing it right when you say when you say you bought your shirt from from Sorry. j crew you're like okay cool but when you say, yo, I brought my shirt at this antique shop, you know, in Oregon that, and then it's like, oh, cool. It's got a story to it. Like it's got more yeah, yeah, to yeah. it or a garage sale, whatever it may be. Um, so that's neat, man. So how many True. cabins have you built this far? That depends on what you want to call a cabin, but I, <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> how many structures have you built? This uh, far? Right. Okay. Um, this is like one, two, three, four, 
five, six, I think. Yeah, six. Okay. okay. Wait, one, two, three. <laughs> and then there's that little guy. And then five, six, six. Yep. Dude, so that is amazing. And are they all, so you got what, two or three in Washington? Well, yeah, I built I built that one when I was 22. I built one when I was 22 in in 2005. And then I built the second one when I was 25 in two in the year of 2008. And I lived in that for a couple of years. Then I moved back east in 2000. Well, let me ask, what were you doing what? when you lived in this cabin those years when you were 25? What were you doing like for work? Like what was your I'm just curious to what your life uh, was like. Oh well, I uh, for a while I was a I made kaleidoscopes professionally for a local <laughs> kaleidoscope maker who who made museum quality kaleidoscopes. They ranged from like a uh, hundred and fifty dollars was the cheapest to we made ones that were twenty. One went for like twenty two hundred dollars. It was called a parlor scope, which is this. It's like a massive kaleidoscope. That's like it was its own table system. Basically, it was a big old bowl of water with a pumps all made out of bamboo and I did all the word working for it and well he helped me a lot with that we did that one together but we did the woodworking for that together and it circulated the water and these big pieces of blown glass floated on the surface and uh and then you look through this giant mirror box at it and it had all these light tripped out lights on it and shit like that but most of them we made were these little handheld wooden octagonal wooden cylinders with dried flowers and and uh and hand-worked glass that i would work on a torch and make these little tiny little glass objects that would go in in a container filled with oil and you'd look through this mirror system in this beautiful wooden cylinder and turn this little container of mineral oil and objects and and then i built the mirror system that went inside and depending on the mirror, whether it was a 30, 60, 90 mirror or an, uh, an isosceles mirror uh, system, it would make a different thing. So anyway, yeah, I make kaleidoscopes. That's, I think, where, to be completely honest, I think that's where I got a lot of my, like, I like my ceilings to be kaleidoscopic, you know? And uh, yeah. I think that that's where I got that those those images just burned in my brain of, like, symmetry you know that's very it's very cool Dude, absolutely. cool. <laughs> it, is, it is and it shows it shows in your work and that's just dude that's first of all that's so cool i think that's just such a rad story in itself um, oh thanks yeah that was fun that dude that was a crazy job man but but now talking secret about secret garden kaleidoscopes is what it was called but dude i'm gonna dude i literally typed check out Kale i didn't know kaleidoscopes could be that expensive so now i'm just curious to like well i just want to see what they look like so I'm well you know they only out. used to be for they originally were for rich people in the victorian era you could only use a kaleidoscope the kaleidoscopes originally were made as like these sort of stained glass things that would go in the middle of like a parlor in the victorian era and in order to use them you had to have light to burn under, they were kind of like lit by these little flames and, you know, you had to have excess oil, extra oil to burn to do it. So only rich people had these things. They were very like rich. It was entertainment. Yeah. It was like an entertainment thing for parties. And then, uh, <laughs> the, and then they became this sort of like tchotchke ditch, like, you know, little gimmicky toy thing. And, uh, and then, so I was surprised to find out, you know, when, I was surprised to find out when I started working for the guy that he was like, you want to come make kaleidoscopes for me? And I was like, you mean those little paper things with the beads in them? He was like, oh, no, 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 no. And so I was tripped out to see that they were such a, a thing. You know, they're like, it's a niche market. But I did that for four years, four and a half years. Okay. And uh, yeah, then I, had, I also had my own carpentry business doing small remodels and stuff. Okay, people. cool. Yeah. It's a good life. Yeah, and you know, out in the cabin, what I mean, when you're actually out in the cabin, you're just chopping wood and carrying water, and that's your lifestyle. You know, it's like it's the beauty of it's why people who, you know, I think that when people go camping, a lot of times it's to see the beautiful sights, but it's also to experience that sort of like that sort of a lifestyle that is maybe somewhat monotonous, but 
you know, it's like just caring for your basic survival is actually kind of like a rewarding experience. And when you're living in a cabin, that's a, you spend a lot of time thinking about how am I going to keep it light out here? How am I going to keep it warm out here? How am I going to keep myself from being dehydrated? How am I going to keep it clean? How am I going to like those basic needs that you almost take for granted when, you know, now living in my apartment most of the time, it's like when I'm here, it's, you know, it's no big deal. You know, I could buy this at the store and not use it for three weeks because I have a refrigerator where, you know, out there, you you can't you can't get salsa and not eat it. You know, like if you live in the cabin, you gotta eat that salsa. If you get some salsa, you better eat it quick. Now, you know, like you'd be surprised at how long ketchup lasts with no refrigeration. Bell <laughs> mustard lasts forever, but if you want to, you get some Annie's goddess dressing out in the woods in the cabin, you better eat that real quick. Otherwise, it'll go bad. Or the raccoons, dude, the raccoons oh, got to my dogs, dude. So I put, I had, I had some like, uh, some nice, some nice organic, like beef dogs or something like that. And oh, your dogs. I thought you might, I thought you had a German shepherd. I was like, oh no. I do. I do have a German shepherd. I didn't bring yeah, it with but, me though. Cause we flew oh, to London afterwards or else I would have yeah, brought yeah. Fenton. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful dog by the way. Appreciate that, dude. He's a, that's my boy, man. He's a stud. Si, senor. Yeah, dude. <laughs> beautiful dog. Uh, so I had put my I put my dogs down in the water because that was the only I found like a little I made like a little fridge basically I just like moved nice. one rock and they just right. held them still I'm like cool now they'll be cold I'm not worried about it I'll go grab them later on in the day when I'm ready to eat uh-huh. I went to go grab them dude and I could see that something had been in them I was like oh man oh no like, way I was like well there were still like two or three dogs on the side that hadn't been touched. And so my buddy and I were both joking. I'm like, well, I'm like, Interesting. I, was like I was like, we'll know if we're going to die from rabies in the next, <laughs> we got about a week, bro. Yeah, dude. I don't <laughs> think, I, uh, I think you're good, man. That's the thing is just cut it away. Just cut off their bite marks. You yeah, know, it was on the end. <laughs> uh, anywho. No, I don't so- know if I could eat that. I'm a vegan. So, <laughs> but still, even if they had gotten into my soy dogs, I, I might've just cut off the end. If they got into my soy dogs, I'd be like, nah, I cut that out. <laughs> so with your cabins, is there anything special that you do? The reason I ask, there's there's a guy that I, you know, I, I kind of told you about him earlier. There's a guy uh, that goes by, he, he, he builds these RWB Porsche 911s, uh, Rawwelt Begriff. He's a Porsche tuner located in Japan. He does custom body work yeah. on these Porsches for crazy crazy money no two cars are the same and dude I, when i when i saw that i thought of you and i'm like you basically do the same thing no two cabins are the same uh they're all custom they're all built by hand by you uh as of now and so i was just curious like you know with your artwork like an artist will sign something uh you know with photography people used to obviously they used to watermark their photos and we've kind of gotten away from that but photographers have a style to where, you know, they don't necessarily have to watermark their images because sure. you can just take a look at it and you know that's theirs. And so with your artwork, with your cabins, I was curious, is there anything specific that you do? Do you sign something? Do you stamp it? Is it just the look? Uh, you know, what, you know, what about it is, you know, what makes it a Jacob Witzling cabin? Oh man. Yeah. Someone asked me that, asked if Moss was my signature or something, uh, at one point. And, you know, I, to that I, I say no because I only would I only use moss because it's readily aver- available in the environment. You know, uh, with the the houses that have moss on the roof, um, are for that specific place. You know, like I try to build a cabin to be in a particular place, and uh, so I if it were in the desert, I certainly wouldn't be using moss on the roof. But that being said, I do think that my signature, because I don't put a signature anywhere and I don't like stamp the same thing everywhere or whatever. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just design. You know, I think that there's, I I hope that I don't look, honestly, I hope that it doesn't look repetitive, that my cabins look different enough from each other that they don't look boring, you know, or like, like, oh man him he's doing the same thing again but to me 
it is a stylistic thing that it's like to me i can see i it's like there's those pointy i like pointy you know like i like pointy roofs and i like them i like them tall and skinny and you know like i was just gonna say if i had to pick if i had to pin the needle on one thing i would just say geometry like for for me whenever i see a cabin that is built using geometrical shapes uh, especially utilizing like good window space and natural light and making the cabin look a part of its, you know, look natural to the environment. Like I'm instantly like, that's, you know, that's a JW right there. <laughs> JW, Guaranteed. Oh, man. Guaranteed. That's wow, a that's JW cool. right there. Guaranteed. That. That's cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, all, that's why I, t- I teach my, my second grade students this, you know, I try to at least show, you know, it's one way I show that math is relevant. I try to show that like math, is part of uh, you know our everyday world around us. We can mathematize our world and and look at every house. It's all geometry. You know, it's two D, three D shapes uh, galore. So, you know, every cabin is geometry. I think that for me, more specifically, it's maybe a, I like I like church like uh, steeple. I'd say steeple like pitches to roofs you know like a steeple is at something like 88 degrees the the pitch is just extreme you know it's really pointy and um most roofs are below a a 45 degree pitch i like i like going up to that level of steepness you know like i've never done done anything at 88 degrees steep but uh that's like crazy that's straight up like maybe not 88 it's really really steep the but, new roof your the new roof for your brother's spot looks like it's probably pretty close some yeah weird stuff yeah that actually is that's at like 77 i think and uh you know i uh, you know i feel like for me i i that's one thing that i i try i just am really into those pointy pointy roofs and um maybe some sort of like yeah there's a symmetry to it, but you know that sort of lack of. It's still in the wood, the the vein of the wood butcher, you know, where not it's not perfect. Things aren't perfect with it, and there's some sort of like organic feel to to the way it is. And you hit the nail on the head when you said try to make it part of the environment. I mean, I, I'm all for tiny houses, the ones that are on wheels that get trailered around and stuff. Theoretically get trailered around but for me like i'm really what i really love to do is build something that becomes like i don't want it to be inserted and removed from its environment you know like i want it to look as though maybe it's always been there and will always be there you know and um not like a stump you know i don't want it to look like a stump i've lived in in cabins that essentially are so so earthy and so natural and so like it bark everywhere and it's all rounded everything's really round you know like uh i don't want it to be like that that's not my style but i want it to look like there's a humans come in and kind of made things clean and straight here and there and but i do want it to look like part of its environment like it's meant to be there you know absolutely absolutely i love i was raised by my my mom's Jewish. And so that makes me Jewish and ethnically, you know, like when I was 16, I was like, I don't know if I believe in God. I don't believe in any of this, you know? And she was like, well, you know, like the Nazis wouldn't care what you believed. They would have put you in the gas chamber just the same. And I was like, dang, I guess I'm Jewish beyond my, uh, belief in, in God or not, you know? And, and then, but really, she didn't even believe in God. She was just saying that. And <laughs> she's a pagan. So she believed in like Medusa and stuff like that and the mother goddess and all of that. And um, so I, I, that's how I was raised and uh, pretty much kind of where my beliefs have stayed somewhere bouncing around there. And Wait, uh, so, so you are a pagan? I'm not a pagan. I mean, that was, that was probably someone who is truly pagan might be offended by what I, by me saying my mom was pagan, but she believed in, she believed in many different gods and goddesses and, uh, believed in, you know, like sort of like a, she's a women's studies professor and art history professor. So she, you know, she was really into this sort of just, I was lucky to be taught a lot of that open-minded to, you know, opened up to a lot of that sort of stuff about, 
right. the, the goddess and everything and the power of femininity. And, uh, you know, she, but I love churches. That's what I was trying to say, like the look of churches, right. the architecture of churches. And I say that in a very non-secular way. Like I, I just think churches are gorgeous because they use these very acute angles to them. And so I kind of, you know, when I'm driving down the road and I look up and I, every single church that you see in, in New England, there's, there's six churches in every town, you know, and every single church you see, I, I look at the steeple like area. And I think like, if I just cut that off, put that in the woods cabin right there, that's what <laughs> I would have a cabin. And, uh, that's one way that I try to get, I want that, I, I want that vibe when someone looks at my thing, my, all my stuff to be like, well, that's kind of like churchy looking, you know, or like, right, right. like maybe spiritual in some way. Like, I don't know, that's what I'm going for, but that's the closest thing I have to a signature. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've, you've had many Instagrammers stay at your cabin. Mm-hmm. Who was the first, who was the first notable Instagrammer? Like who was the first like you know, notable person. Or whatever. Yeah, Notab- like that's that, that's so subjective. Obviously, like sure, no sure, sure. Person. Okay, yeah, like <laughs> you know what I mean. Over, like anyone over so and so, such and such. K. No, I I, no. I know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The uh, you know, well, the whole thing started with. It depends on what you mean by stay. The whole thing started. I don't know. Dude, I, I guess not that many have stayed, huh? You I, guess. Get, bro. I don't know how real you want to get on this. Let's get because... real because I know it gets deep because we had a conversation. Oh, briefly. my God, dude. Okay, so for the record, you don't have to call anyone out by name or anything like that. I don't but. even know how to say his last name, really. But um, honestly, I never really learned how to pronounce it. I'm not, I'm not kidding. But um, Chris Kirksick, Kirksick. Anyway, the first person. Andrew, Andrew Kearns, I didn't even have an Instagram until last April when, not last April, yeah, la- not the one that just happened, but, you, you know, a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago, a friend texted me a picture of my cabin, of the orange one, that, the one on the property that you, that you stayed at, but, you know, whatever, uh, not the one you stayed at. He texted me a picture, and he's like, dude, you need to get get it an Instagram because, you know, someone took a cabin of your, someone took a picture of your cabin, it's going virus. And I was like, virus? I was like, what's an Instagram? And he was like, you know, get out of your cave and get an Instagram. So I've set up this Instagram and I contacted Andrew and I was like, Andrew, Andrew T. Kearns. And he has, you know, had like 300,000 followers. I had no idea what any of these numbers meant, you know. And I was like, hey, dude, you, you, you stayed at the cabin? Cool. I had no idea. I hadn't thought of the cabins for like six years. Uh, I, I had stopped thinking about it. I went to grad school and I started teaching kids. And I really got into working, you know, for social justice through academic excellence in Boston and like trying to just be like the best teacher that I could be. And that was like my thing. And, and then this, my friend last April called me and or texted me that I, that this whole thing about the cabin. So then I started being like, wow, this is a trip, you know, like, I can't believe it. I, I didn't even have that many pictures of the cabin. I had like two pictures from back in the day when I built it and he fucking, he was cool with it. He tagged me in the photo or whatever. And then as a result, I started getting contacted by a bunch of influencers. I didn't know what that word meant at the time, but like photographers who wanted to come check out the cabin. And one dude who was really persistent was this kid, Chris. And uh, you can edit that out or not. I don't give a hoot because this dude is not cool beans with me. And, um, he uh he had gotten in touch with me i didn't know to be honest with you i thought i didn't know anything about instagram and uh i thought anyone who was into cabins was cool because it's like a lifestyle you know and he um he he kept on wanting to hang out uh, like check out the cabins and i happened to be out there in washington i was like washington one time i showed him around and 
he took pictures of the cabin that, you know, the orange one. And he, he was like, listen, do you ever want to work again? Let me know. And I was, I didn't know what that meant either. I was like, whatever, dude, I'm a second grade teacher. Okay. Lo and behold, he contacts me last December and he's like, I got an idea for a project. Would you want to renovate a cabin, one of your old cabins? And I was like, no, but I want to build a new one. That was the whiskey cabin project, uh, the octagon project. And so he started that and he was an, in, he was an influencer. Now he never actually slept in the cabin and he is not allowed on the property, <laughs> but I would say that he was, he and Lindsay from uh, who started Cabin Love, they those two were in, and Justin Kaufman, who's a cinematographer, those three folks were in on the whole ground floor of that octagon. But at least the first people to actually sleep in the cabin since I made it and it was finished, I would say... I think Andrew Kearns came over and he hung out for like four days this summer. Dude, I wish I had known you then. That would have been so sweet. We could have hung out. I was just chilling all summer long. I was out there at the cabins. And I, dude, and I'm, I'm only, I'm only an eight hour drive. I definitely would have come out there at least two, oh, three times dude, during that summer to come kick it for summer, a few days. You've got to this summer for real. Oh, Let's yeah. do it. Cause I'll be back out there. Like I said, dude, I still have work to do in there. I've got a spiral staircase that I need to put in. And, uh, you know, there's like X, Y, and Z that needs to be done out there. So definitely next summer link come out. Absolutely. I'll be there. It'll be dope. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. But so- I a lot of Instagram folk have run through, you know, have come through, which is cool. You know, it's been a tough thing. Like, yeah, short I, stash I saw came through, which is really. Oh cool. yeah, he's awesome, and uh, he's he's one of, he's 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 the homies. He's an AOV cat, and uh, uh, oh yeah, that's right, dude. Short, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's his pictures are nuts. He showed me some cool. I learned something really cool from him about you know he's very open about it too. And uh, as a photographer, at least if, in my experience, this whole summer I, I I just had a lot of people rolling through a lot of a lot of uh, photographers coming through and I saw, you know, Zillow came out and made a little film about me out there. And, you know, I saw their whole operation and uh, these, this other crew living big in a tiny house came out and a bunch of photographers. And yeah, Garrett was cool. He like shared with me like his approach and stuff. I thought that was neat. That is rad. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's an awesome, awesome dude. Forrest is cool too. Forrest, Forrest is the man, dude. Forrest, you know, uh, Forrest lost in the forest. Forrest with yeah. two arms. He yeah. came out. Um, he came out, and we like kicked it out at my cabin, the Octagon, in Washington. And then we just stayed in touch. And he just flew out for like a one day rally and took all these pictures of me and my brother building at the cabin site in Maine. He's really cool too, man. Like. He, you should check him out and interview him or something because he's down, dude. He like slept in my truck and in the cab of the truck and just animalistic. It was awesome. (laughs) I love it. I love it, dude. Um, all right. We're getting a little short on time. We got a few more questions. Let's go. I'll stay on on target. Your creations have received some really cool press. Like where have your cabins been featured other than Instagram? And every other, you know, other than Instagram. Magazines, this one magazine called Walden out of Germany. I think that's one that I'm really stoked about because it's, it isn't, it's on paper, you know, and it's in a magazine. I can hold it and, you know, post-apocalyptic style. I could like take that. I'm like, got the magazine, you know, when the cells go, cell service goes down and Instagram disappears or whatever, I'll still have that, you know, (laughs) whatever. And like the, um, what else, uh, Living Big in a Tiny House did a couple of web series episodes on me, and those are pretty cool. And, um, you know, it was hard to see myself on camera. Like I said, Zillow did something about me that hasn't dropped yet, but that should be really cool. I was stoked about that experience. That was fun. Then just shit, I don't know, uh, Another Escape, which is like a magazine out of the UK 
they've been working on an article on me, which is coming in their next issue. It's a quarterly. Yeah, we're, I'm working on right now, actually, currently with a network, with a, a major network, TV network, if you can believe that there still is TV. The uh, We're working on a pilot. So that's pretty cool. We're still, that should be awesome. So I don't that's know. Trying, I'm trying to do more and more stuff. And I have a lot of ideas in the hopper. You know, like I have a lot of cabin builds in the hopper. So All right, hopefully bro, they don't get forget funded. It, don't- don't forget about me when you blow up with your TV show. Dude, I'll ne- I probably won't ever start charging more than I do now, but we'll see. <laughs> no, you can. That's fu- that's fine, bro. Just keep me in the- just keep me in the No, way. I'm saying get in, dude. I'm, let's let's get started. Just say when. I'm serious. I, w- I would love to build a cabin for you. No, I'm I'm dude, I, trust me. I'm dead serious. I just got to my thing is I got to find ass. some some land to buy. I'm yeah, that, uh, bro. This fall, I'm 2018, fall 2018. Okay. Is what I'll have everything together that's my goal nice. to break ground right, dude, that's or not even that late long. summer or sooner no bro not okay. at all perfect one of the last questions i have before the big one at the end can people rent these cabins and stay <laughs> you already know what the question is uh, no not yet uh not okay. really um i mean i think that like no they're they're they are being they're they're rented already or owned by someone other than me. the The octagon is mine, and like you know, you and Garrett and Forrest and you know, I've I've made friends and they've stayed out there. But I, it's not like a rental situation, you know. So it's like right. it's more for me for part of the deal in building it was that I have access to it, but I don't I don't you know I don't live there. Uh, I, it's for me, it's like more of a vacation home, but it doesn't, I don't want it to be empty. You know, I like it being filled with life and, and that, and that's the thing about it. That's so special to me. I think about building something like that is it's like, it's a space where people can exist in and, you know, I want it to be existed in. So it's been nice to have friends like you be able to go check it out. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think you and I are very similar in that same way to where if I own that, I wouldn't rent it out. And the reality is like, I would just, it would be my place to, to, to get away and do my thing. And then I would just honestly want to share it with other friends and people that I think are awesome enough to, to be a part of that and to experience that. And yeah, yeah. That'll bring that I know they'll bring good energy to the, you know, to the place while I'm not there. And, and I think that honestly, anyone who actually, you know, frankly, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and assume that anyone who is drawn to staying in a place like that could would would be you know would be worthy of appreciating it you know like I think everyone uh, but that being said you know I don't think that everyone can go to it you know it has to be you know it has to be kind of limited because I don't it does have to kind of remain I don't know less used than more to some extent. Oh, yeah. And I don't oh, yeah. want it and I don't want it to be unappreciated. I, I mean, I've had frankly I've had people influencers, you mentioned <laughs> influencers. I've had folks stay there who haven't I think been as respectful of the space as I've liked and that and that really hurts, you know, like that's actually kind of like a a difficult thing to experience and so, but I dig it. I dig having different people come in and leave stuff like someone someone hung up a really cool dream catcher and stuff and i'm like i'm really stoked about it yeah well i'm not next time obviously i left some goodies there but next time yeah. like now i'm gonna bring something special like next time to like you know what i mean like i'm I wanna serious bring something everyone who i bro. want someone to leave like a you know just even if it's just like a feather that you found when you were walking around the woods or like a shell you're like this is a beautiful shell like i want it filled with little sorts of things like I believe in energy, you know, <laughs> not to get too spiritual, yeah. but like, yeah. I believe in like that, like that's the vibe that I want, just people to fill it with positive vibes. So, all right, bro. Last question. Yeah. So, I believe your cabin really is magical. I Thank also you. believe that it's so magical that Sarah Underwood stayed there once and. I saw the images and thought, wow, those are some really beautiful images. That's really cool. That's, you know, Sarah Underwood stayed in JW's cabin. JW. And, <laughs> and then <laughs> a few days later, J Dubs posts on Instagram 
that he's dating Sarah Underwood. And yeah. I also go to, I thought it was a joke at first. Like I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't know. Like, right. It, yeah. You know, it was just it's odd. It so was out of character. Odd. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It was, it was just, it threw me off. So I go to her Instagram account and I see the same exact post and I'm like, yo, good. Like for like literally my, my buddy was in the room. The first thing I said, was like, good for Jacob, bro. <laughs> I'll never forget. Cause he turned around. He's like, what? I was like, I'm pretty sure Sarah Underwood stayed in his cabin for a few days and now he's dating her. <laughs> right. And so my mind was blown and now I want to hear the story, uh, as far as, you know, whatever uh- you want to share regarding that story and how that came about i think that's really cool that you two are together now (laughs) yeah thanks man well uh you know i think love is a many splendored thing (laughs) let's just say that you know and so i think that it's uh it's been a fantastic experience knowing her and you know absolutely uh i lucked up you know i think that like I, she, I, lucked, I, she lucked out, bro. What are you talking thanks, about? Doug, thanks, Thanks. <laughs> uh, I believe, you know, I definitely think that, um, you know, frankly, I didn't know who she was when uh, she, Lindsay from Cabin Love, she had gotten in touch with Lindsay because of Lindsay, Cabin Love's reach. And uh, so Lindsay's kind of like a matchmaker in that sense. And um, she had gotten in touch with her and asked her like if she knew any cabins that she could shoot at and Lindsay turned her on to my cabin and put her in touch with me because I was living out there over the summer and uh she was like hey I think that you should you know let this person come shoot Sarah Underwood and I was like you know who who is that and you know I obviously I went to her page and was like what (laughs) oh and uh And I was like, sure, (laughs) good idea. And so she did, she came out, we got in touch and, you know, she, she's really just, I think I was smitten right away because of how thoughtful she is. And yes, obviously beautiful, you know, I'm not gonna lie, but, um, she's, uh, sexy, but, uh, (laughs) sorry, she's also very thoughtful, you know, and I, I was definitely like taken and, uh, you know, I started just telling her about, I tried my best to be myself throughout that whole process. And, you know, while I was walking around the cabins and telling her about, you know, I started talking about the ferns and the moss and what was my favorite kind of moss. And, uh, you know, like the way the wind sounds when it blows through the, the trees and the forest and stuff like that. And I think that like, you know, I just tried to be myself and, yeah, we clicked, you know, it's one of those things where I think that you, uh, you know, I, you kind of, it was unexpected, you know? And, um, so when she, we hung out for a couple of days, we went on that hike and, you know, I did everything I could to kind of just hang, hang around, you know, she was like, I was like, can I hang out where you do these photo shoots at my cabins? And she was like, oh yeah, that's fine. And so I was chilling. And, uh, then, you know, she was like, we kind of want to go in the mountains, you know, tomorrow and do some shoot out there. And I was like, I know a place, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not having to not be doing anything. or whatever. And so they were like, okay. So I was like, here, let's go here. And we went on a hike and, uh, that was pretty, that was pretty amazing too. So we kind of just hauled ass up the mountain to try to get away from the photographer so we could talk and then we'd wait for him and, and we'd chat the whole time. And then, yeah, that's when I think the whole process started and, And we spent, you know, back when when we got back to that octagon cabin, which is where I was living at the time, uh, you know, we were sitting around that campfire and you know very well that, you know, sitting around that fire is like something that you can do for hours and hours on end. And uh, we were doing that till four in the morning. And then she shot around the the octagon that that next day. And I just like, you know, I had I thought, you know, you only live once, as my students tell me. There's an acronym for that. And uh, so I thought I got to like climb up here and ask her <laughs> while, you know, while the photographer, you know, I don't want to embarrass her or anything, but I, I felt like it was like we had clicked enough that I wouldn't be offensive in asking her, you know, like I didn't want to be presumptuous. Like, of course, like any, any woman has to deal with a completely 
ridiculous and uh, outrageous, literally an outrage, outrageous amount of like male, unwanted, unsolicited male attention. So like I, I am very sensitive that I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to just throw this at her. And, uh, but I was like, no, we're clicking, you know, like go for it, dude. She's not going to hate you if you, she's not going to be offended. You know, you're not like, this isn't a bad thing. You're not being sexist if you, if you ask her out. So, <laughs> so I went up and I asked her out and I was lucky, man. She said, yes. So yeah, dude, it's been awesome. That's the story in a nutshell, I guess. And to this point, we've just been hanging out more and more. And uh, she, dude, she came up this last weekend, just yesterday. She went up to Maine and and she, I'll, I'll put a video up, uh, but she did, she cited and trimmed out the cabin, the new cabin in Maine with us, with me and my brother. And uh, really worked, dude. I was like... She not only can she climb mountains like a ring-tailed lemur. She's like she just <laughs> runs up those things. Not only can she do that, she builds. And when they can like hold a fifteen-gauge nail gun and fasten salvage siding on a cabin, no problem. That's a good thing. So I was I was pretty stoked. Yeah, she's a badass. So I feel you know it's just been more and more experiences like that. My truck, like the wheel, the wheel bearings like smashed up in my truck on the way and we had to like get a tow. <laughs> we had to get a two hour tow last night, didn't, you know, till midnight. We, we were in a tow truck in the middle of the point, right? She's just in not one complaint, man. More stoic than Dude. me. The whole time I'm walking around grumbling and swearing and she's like, what if? So, 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 so many epic bay quotes for Twitter in there, dude. I can't. I can't wait to dis- <laughs> I, I can't wait to yeah. There was like two really good bay quotes in there that I'm gonna use. Nice. Don't worry, I'll, I'll credit you, bro. <laughs> I'm down. Nice, uh, dude. That's awesome. What an amazing story. Sweet. I'm so happy nice. for you too. Cool. Uh, I think that's rad. Like you're you're a real ass dude. Oh, obviously that. she she realized that too. You know what I mean? Like anyone else probably have just been like fanboying and talking about a bunch of reckless stuff and like, but you were just yourself, man. And like that's. Uh, I admire anyone, no matter who the girl is, you know what I mean? I admire anyone that can just truly be themselves and just go about doing whatever they would be doing, whether there's a beautiful girl around or not. Um, because that's what's important with love, at least in my experience, is, is being you and letting them fall in love with who you are. Otherwise, you're in for mm-hmm. a whole world of That has been not, uh, trouble, yeah, man. I completely agree, man. <laughs> and I've and been I'm, on both sides. <laughs> so. Dude, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You know, like I think that it's, it's a lot of, it takes a, it's a conscious effort to, it takes conscious, a conscious effort to, to just be authentic all the, you know as often as possible and not kind of especially when there's desire involved and you know uh and i think that like yeah it's true you know i've i've gotten better at it and i think that you know at least in this circumstance it seems to have been worked in my favor because like the person actually likes me so <laughs> For sure. But part of it, half of it was just nervousness too. You know, I'm just like, look, I'm, I'm going to talk about ferns because if I don't talk about ferns, uh, what am I going to do? You know, just gawk and <laughs> I don't know. So no, I it's, it's, ferns. it's all love, bro. It's all beautiful, man. Uh, dude, what an amazing, awesome, awesome experience. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I always end the podcast the same way. You know, what What type of message do you want to leave the community with? It can be anything, anything you feel strong about. It could be about enjoying experiences, nature, getting out, whatever you want it to be about. But, you know, what do you want to leave the community with? Oh, man. Whew. I would say, you know, as far as building and cabins, you know, if you... I almost feel like you should, I almost feel like it should be something about... You seem pretty strong... Uh, you, you seem to have strong feelings against people and experiencing places like some, you know, some people stay at your cabin and didn't necessarily go there for the experience. They just wanted to photograph it and be out. Right. So do yeah. You any, do you have any advice on, on for the community on just like being present and just enjoying life and the experiences and, and things like that? Oh my gosh, dude. I don't know. 
to be honest, all I can think about is is I have like a lot more social justice stuff on my mind actually than I do anything about okay. the cabinet. Okay, bring that up. Things, bring but... that up if you want. It's up to you. Whatever oh. you want to talk about. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I would say, you know, like if you're white, acknowledge your privilege and the systemic inequalities in the United States of America. Uh, other countries, I'm not sure, you know, but it's global, global inequities are, are like just messed up and it's got to change. And part of the way that it's got to change is because people, people got to talk about it and not feel uh, ashamed about their heritage, but actually just acknowledge it. So that's kind of the tip that I'm on right now. Uh, it's just, um, you know, I'm seeing like, I, I, I listen to a lot of news, so I'm getting nervous about things and people act like this is new, you know, but you know, like the tensions that are going on in this country, this has been, this is kind of what this country was built up on was, was social inequality. So anyway, that's where I'm at with that, but you can edit that out and put in that <laughs> if you want and put in that, uh, you know, for me, I would say for the whole idea of experiencing the cabin life and, you know, like it's really hard, but in that, in that difficulty, in that struggle to kind of just, just get your basic needs met, there's a lot of beauty, you know, because you are able to live with less and by living with less, I think you want less. And, um, you know, I think that that's something that I try, but you know, I would never presume that anyone should necessarily be like me. You know, I never, I, except to my second grade students, I don't really, I don't really tell anyone else to be like me. But I think we could all use wanting a little less. You know, at least Absolutely. if you're living in the states, man, and you're in white upper middle class or wherever you are, you know, like we can want less. So, and those one percenters, man, they can definitely want some fucking less. Sorry. The debt, the one percenters, they can definitely want less. Take the take the F word out. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, I really appreciate it. one thing I love about you, like the entire time we've been talking, you're so real, you're so raw and authentic. And I I think we more we need more people like that. You're courageous, honestly. Like that's what it is. You have courage. You have courage to to just talk about things and you're not shying away from it and, and you have a belief and, and you speak your mind where the reality is there's a lot of people that may feel like you do or feel the opposite of what you do but on either side it doesn't matter what side they're on they don't say anything because out of fear they don't want to talk about it they don't want to bring it up they don't want to be they just don't want to deal with it so they just ignore it and that's my my take on that is i'm super thankful that you're just i'm thankful oh, for thanks, your rawness dude. as a human being and you're for your courageousness to to just talk about hard subjects and to bring them up and uh so thank you so much for, for doing that and that. thank you for coming on the show and, and spending time thank with you me. And prince. i'm excited man yeah man thank you prince thank you for listening please share the art of visuals podcast with your friends and make sure to hit that subscribe button Sharing is caring. You can follow Art of Visuals on Instagram at Art of Visuals or sign up for the Art of Visuals newsletter on artofvisuals.com. Join us next episode for more, but until then, let's continue to visually inspire the world together.